Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Well, you know, God is good, isn't he? We serve a faithful God, and um, he is with us in all seasons and in all times. And when you come to days like Vision Sunday, which is a really important day for our church and has traditionally been an important day. You just think back uh, to other Vision Sundays. And this week I watched our Vision Sunday service from last year. I don't know, I'm a little emotional today. I, I have no idea why. But we announced last year that we were launching in 2021, City of Life San Juan. And that was supposed to be uh, the vision for, for 2021. Have you ever had a dream that God put in your heart and it didn't quite come to pass in the timing that you thought it would? Come on, look at someone next to you say, you know he's talking to you today. Does that nullify the vision? Does it nullify the vision when God has told you he's going to do something in your family and you haven't seen it yet? Does it nullify the vision when God tells you that deliverance and restoration and hope and these things are coming in your life, but you're looking around and you still see some chains lingering? Does it nullify the vision? No, it doesn't. That's why in that famous scripture, Habakkuk 2 and 2, he says, write the vision plain on the tables so you can run with it when you read it. And he says, be careful that you don't get discouraged because sometimes the vision is delayed. It says delayed. It doesn't mean changed or canceled. It means delayed. There are times in your life that the vision God has given you is delayed. And yeah, I did cry when I watched that video because I was really excited about launching that this year. But you know what? Last year on Vision Sunday, the other half of our presentation two big things that we felt like God was gonna do in 2021. One was City of Life San Juan, which we have made progress on, by the way. It's not like we just gave up on that idea. And just so you know, we haven't given up on City of Life Nona either. Uh, that's coming back again, and we're gonna, we're gonna be stronger than ever there. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that God is gonna resurrect and bring back. Uh, but last year also on Vision Sunday, right up there on that screen, two big words, Southern gospel. And we said that our church this year was going, was going to make a movie, a feature film. Now, we did that in 2020. Okay, it's important to know that what we were able to accomplish, and I, I, I say this, you know, and I've said it, and I'm, you're gonna hear me say it a lot, but I believe we had almost 3,000 COVID tests on our set. Uh, with all the actors, hundreds of actors and workers did not have one positive test right in the middle of COVID uh, as we were doing this production. I wanna show you just a little clip of, uh, just a, it's a little teaser. It's not even an official teaser. It's just something that we threw together so you could see uh, some of the ideas of, of the production, some of the production stuff of Southern Gospel. But to show you that maybe one thing is delayed a little bit, but the other thing is right on track. It's exactly what God wants us to do. So let's take a look right now at a little clip of, of Southern. Gospel. 
you're going to be seeing that real soon. So I think it's important as you're looking forward sometimes to remember what you've just come out of. Uh, when you're about to step into a new season to remember the season that you just came from. And last year, uh, we were talking about advance and defend. That was kind of the word for Vision Sunday last year is that we were going to advance. There were gonna be new areas that we were going to, and this is before COVID hit. Uh, but we, we said that what, what God is calling us to do is to expand our reach in brand new areas and to go to places we've never gone before, but also to stabilize the core of who we are. Could, could, could there have been a more appropriate a prophetic idea than that for us. And we talked about last year why, you know, that matters and, and how important it is to constantly be seeking new ground and doing new things for God, that, that God wants us. Hosea uh, 10, 12 says, break new ground, plant righteousness, harvest the fruit that your loyalty will produce for me. Uh, Joshua 6, 7 says, he ordered the army advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. There's a power to doing new things when God has told you to and, and starting new things. I love, uh, I will never be criticized for having a lack of vision. I got a lot of vision. Uh, sometimes it doesn't always work out exactly right, but I got ideas and I got dreams. And I believe God has surrounded me with a lot of other people who believe big things as well. Uh, but he also told us to defend. And uh, I'm excited that through one of the greatest pandemics uh, ever that God has done something really powerful in our church. And there has been a core of people that God has raised up and, and people that were unlikely have stepped up to, to do things that you wouldn't imagine that they would do. And I believe some great things have come from this, but also this past year has been tough. It has been a hard year. Looking back and looking for our vision, a lot of people have lost that flame. A lot of people have lost that passion. I think we discovered that a lot of people that were super involved in the body of Christ and doing a lot of big things for God, maybe they weren't doing it just for God. Maybe they were doing it because they didn't have any other options. It's all they knew. I've seen friends of mine cheat on their wives and their family and not just do it and do it and not be sorry for it and walk away and say, I love her more than I love you and divorce them. I'm talking about people that know that supposed to walk with Jesus. I've seen people in ministry who have fallen from some of the highest heights that you could get to and just boom, they, they felt that that whole year 2020 was a great revealer in many ways of who we are on the inside. I found some things out about myself last year that I don't like very much. I learned that I need God more right now. I need the presence of God in my life more right now. At my age, at 48 years old, than I ever needed him when I was 15 and dreaming about what the world could look like. What is my life gonna look like? Lord, I need to seek you because I want you to show me what, I need him more now in the middle of what my life already looks like than I did back then. So for me, Vision Sunday is important because we're constantly seeing the vision that God gave us in the past, we're living in it, but we're also looking out there in the future at, at, fu at things that are in front of us. And I'm excited about the future. Uh, I'm excited about what God has called us to do, but I think it's important that you understand that it's not, Vision Sunday is not just me telling you all the things that the church is gonna do. Vision Sunday is me talking about vision and something in you gets kindled and you start going, wait a minute, I'm a part of this. That means that not only do I get to participate in this because God sets people in a body. He sets them in a community. He sets them in a family. There are no free agents in the body of Christ. God sets you in a place. Have you ever wondered why do I, why am I, why is my family so weird? 
Come on, don't point at anyone in the room, but have you ever wondered that before? You ever wondered that before? It's like you got that wacky uncle, you know what I mean? Like, who, who, like, who starts all these weird conversations at Thanksgiving dinner and stuff. You know the one I'm talking about? Like you cringe thinking about being in the same room as you're like, oh God, he's gonna do it again. Uh, you ever wonder why your family's so weird? You ever notice that no one asks you your opinion on who your family member should be? What happens? God puts you in a family. And sometimes that family is amazing, but sometimes they're weird. Or even me, you know, sometimes God puts you in a, a, a bad family, a family that you just can't figure out why you would ever be in that family. But it's interesting that we are, we belong to something else. So there's always two things working at the same time. There's this corporate aspect of our lives, especially in the body of Christ, where God does something through a local family where we are able to show consistency and community. So God is speaking a vision to us corporately. But the other purpose of Vision Sunday is to get vision ignited on the inside of you about your life and your family and your dreams because there is greatness. Somebody put your hand on your heart and say, there is greatness in me and greatness in my family. Come on, say it like you mean it today. Say, there is greatness in me and greatness in my family. Come on, say it a third time with some passion. There is greatness in me and there is greatness in my family. Come on, you're not called to live an ordinary life. God has equipped you to deal with things that normal people couldn't deal with to get to the dream that he has given you. God has equipped you to be able to endure the nightmare so you can see the fulfillment of the dream. See, only certain types of people are wired like that, able to live through the nightmare. Most people get so obsessed with the dream that if anything goes wrong, their life falls apart. But God has enabled you. See, you don't have, you don't have to deal with the normal things. Everyone else, their big problem of the day is, oh, I, I had a flat tire. You know, oh, oh people, people weren't very nice to me at work and somebody cut me off on the road. No, people that are, are people of greatness are constantly dealing with the threat of the very thing that God has called them to do being messed with. Why? The devil is trying to get at the vision. The devil is trying to stop the vision because he knows that vision is so great. You're dealing with things being on the brink of falling apart on a monumental level. Everyone else is worried about tires. Come on, put your hand on your heart and say, God built me for this. You can handle this. That's why he made you. He made you different. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a distinction that is on you that you are different and we are different. You say, well, what do you mean we're different? Well, look around. We're different. We're not like other churches. God bless every other church. I got a lot of great pastor friends in town. They are wonderful, but I like my church. I like the church that God has called me to. I like who we are. It ain't about whether we're perfect. I'm talking about we're distinct. It's not better than, it's different than. That's what distinction is all about. God has given us a distinction. And what is one of the distinctions of people in this church? We are people of faith. We are people that take God at his word and we believe that if he says that we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover, then we take that step and we lay our hands on them and we watch God do what only he can do. If God tells us to go to Puerto Rico, but hold on God, I'm a white boy from Alabama. I said go.
See, but one of the problems with vision, when you're talking about vision, is people need it, but they won't admit it. They need vision, but they won't admit they have no vision. You can't get vision from God if you don't first admit that you're blind or that your vision has left you or deteriorated to the point that you're spiritually, legally blind. See, and last year was a year where a lot of people lost their vision. And you can see it on their face. You can see it in their family. You can see it on their timeline. You can see it in the way they respond or or they're involved or they're not involved. You can see it, but those people don't want to admit they're blind. I got news for you today. We're family. We've been through thick and thin together already. Let's just admit it today. Let's just lay it on the table. Let's just say, hey, I'm worn out. I'm tired. Last year beat me up. I'm frustrated. I felt overlooked. I felt hurt. I felt mad. I felt angry at God. I couldn't figure out why this was happening. I lost income. I lost a position. I lost momentum. You, you know what? Look at someone next to you and say, join the club of humanity. We all did. But why try to act like it's not happening? You know, in Luke chapter 18, there is a man standing on the side of the road and it says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. He ain't even on the road, he's by the road. So when you have no vision in your life, we don't know if, you know, about his situation scientifically why he's blind. Uh, But we know that he's by the road. He can't get on the road, it's too dangerous. So he has become accustomed to living by the place where everything is happening, observing what is happening in others, listening to what is happening in others, but never being an active participant. That's what happens when you have no vision. You have to find a safe spot and you live a life as a spiritual beggar, taking whatever crumbs you can get. Oh boy, this this podcast really blessed me. I think I'm going to share it. Blah, blah, blah. And you live your whole life just begging like little nuggets from this person, little nuggets from that person, and you don't do any of it yourself. I got news for you. If your knees ain't worn out, you ain't doing it right. God has called you to live a life where you seek him for yourself. You spend time in his presence yourself. Then anything else anyone does, that's bonus material. That's great. But he's called us to live a life on the road, not by the road. Look at someone next to you say, get ready to get on the road. He's by the road. And it says, when he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. Isn't it interesting? You've become so accustomed When you have no vision, you become so accustomed to your life that you learn how to rely on other senses that you weren't meant to rely on, other signals that weren't meant to guide your life. What's going on? Someone describe to me what's happening. Someone that can see, tell me what's happening. Give me an update of what's happening. You can't discern it yourself because you got no vision. And somebody told him who it was. They said, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he called out, now now be careful, don't miss this right here. Because you'll miss this right here if you don't know what this is. I'm gonna help you, because I I know what it is. Okay, he says right here in verse 38, he says, he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Interesting. 
That's an interesting name that he calls Jesus. Because Jesus, son of David, you know, you don't, you don't have to get too technical about it and go, well, how could he be David's son if David lived 1,000 years before Jesus? Uh, he wasn't even doing a, a genealogical connection to David. In that particular time, the son of David was referred to as the Messiah. What this man on the side of the road was doing is he was saying, I am blind. I can't save myself. I can't fix myself, but Jesus, the Messiah can. I need you. When are we gonna get to the point in our life where we are so sick, so tired, if you don't hate something, you'll play with it. You gotta hate your condition. You gotta hate what it feels like to wake up every day without hope, without enthusiasm, without excitement. Let me tell you what you need. You need a conquest in your life. You need something in front of you that God shows you that he's gonna do through you and it gets you out of bed every day. It helps you live right every day to say, I can't wait to see God do this thing in my life. I can't wait to seek God. For, come on, is anyone here today for the next step of what he's called me to? You need a conquest. That's what vision does for you. It dangles that carrot out in front of you and boy, you get up every day. I don't even love carrots, but I'm excited right now. He dangles an Oreo out in front of you every day. Now we'll really get running this, kids. If it's that right there. It's a faith statement. So what this man does is he gets from beyond just technically who is it what's going on describe it to me and when somebody tells him who it is faith gets stirred up in him come on we, we need faith to get stirred up in our church today we need faith to get stirred up in our members today we need faith to get stirred up where somebody hears something that's being said today this ain't got nothing to do with preaching this has got to do with the power of the holy spirit this has got to do with somebody here that says today i am sick and tired of the way it's been and i'm ready to see something brand new in my life and in my family And I like this too, because it says those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Isn't it funny that when you live with an offended spirit, you'll let your blessing slip away just because you get offended. Because they told this guy to shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Isn't he a disciple? Isn't he in ministry? He just told me to be quiet. I meant it too. So much for this. That's fine. If, if you want to lose your miracle over an offended spirit, go for it. But that's not what happens with people whose faiths get stirred up on the inside of them. When you got faith stirred up on the, in, the inside of you, you say, Jesus, I need you. And somebody says, shut up. And you say, no, you shut up. Jesus, I need you. Shut up. No, you shut up. Jesus, I need you. No, you shut up. He's going to listen to me. I'm going to get my mirror. I ain't leaving here today till I get some vision in my life. Come on, I believe there's some people like that in this room today. Come on, give God a praise. Give him a shout if that's you today. If something's rising up in your spirit.
you know, I, I was on my way to church today and, and, and there was this phrase that was, there was this phrase that was going through my head that I used to hear people say when they said, we need church like we used to have it in the old days. But you know, you know what God told me immediately? He said, no, you don't. You need church like it's supposed to be in the new days. We need some brand new moves of God that no one has ever seen before. But it's going to take this kind of faith when we walk into the room to see God move like this. I still believe people are going to walk down to the front of this building who can't walk and walk out of here able to walk in the name of Jesus. I still believe because that's the God I serve. There's no way to take that out. And I don't want to because I'm a person of faith today. And I love it because it says, Jesus stopped. This guy was so sick. He didn't care. He didn't care who said what. He had resolved in his spirit. He's going to hear me. He is going to hear me because I am, I am never, ever going to stand by this road and listen to something great happen again. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to be a part of it because I got my shot. I got my chance. And he got louder. He got louder. And here's what's amazing about it. Is it says, when he came near, it says Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. Don't you love that? That, that true worship gets the attention of heaven. God hears you. He, your persistence matters. And what's actually really interesting to me is that earlier in Luke chapter 18, there is a story at the beginning of Luke 18, go read it for yourself, of the unjust judge. And in that story, it's describing a woman who is pleading for mercy for her son from this judge who is not even a, a Christian. He's not even a good guy he, at all. And she just won't be quiet. She just, you ever met somebody that won't be quiet? And I'm not talking about parents when they say, can I have a snack? No, can I have a snack? No, can I have, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that are so persistent, they just simply will not stop. She kept going to this judge and saying, give me mercy for my son. He's like, God, lady, just leave me alone. Give me mercy for my son. Okay, I, I, I heard you. And then he comes the next day, give me mercy for my son. And finally, he said, dang it, I'm gonna give her mercy. She just won't shut up. That's literally what he said. Then in, in the early in the chapter, Jesus goes on and says, how much more will God listen to his children who are truly pleading with him and crying out to him? How much more will God listen? Isn't it interesting that he tells that story figuratively at the beginning of the chapter and then at the end of the chapter, it actually happens. He shows us it's more than just an idea. This is real. Persistence gets the attention of heaven. Ask and keep asking. Knock and keep knocking. Seek and keep seeking, and you're going to find it. Come on, you got to have a little bit of tenacity here today. And it says, when he came near, Jesus asked him. All right, are you ready for this? Here's what he asked him. He said, what do you want me to do for you? See, that's the moment of truth right there where you got the attention of heaven. You've, you've been waiting. You've been waiting. Heaven is listening. You got the attention of heaven. What do you want God for do to, for you, to do for you today? Make my problems go away? Is that what you could come up with? Get a raise. Is that what you got? Be, be happier in my marriage. Or will you just be honest? Will you just actually be honest when God is leaning in 
And will you say, God, I've lost my vision. Because that's exactly what this man said. Jesus said, what do you want me to do? And he said, Lord, I want to see. Lord, I want to see. Will that be our answer today? As on Vision Sunday, as God is leaning in, asking us, what do you want me to do for you? Are we gonna really spend that question on something trivial? Or are we gonna get to the root and the heart of the problem today? What is the heart of the problem? We've lost our vision. We've lost our spiritual vision. We've lost the idea of what it means to live a holy and set apart and consecrated life. We've lost what it means to carry the cross of Christ everywhere we go every day. We have bought in to a consumer-driven idea of Christianity, where if it makes me feel good, I'll do it, but if it requires anything I'm not comfortable with, click, I'll find something else I like better, because I'm just a click away. We've lost our spiritual vision. So, so, so he's leaning in. What are you hungry for today? I don't know about you, I'm hungry for something to happen on the inside of me. I want God to move on the inside of me. Then I want it to go on the outside of me. Then I want it to flow over me. I want something to happen within me and upon me. And I'm gonna explain that in just a second. There's two different kinds of anointings. Jesus said, you know, the, he that believeth in me, he has a scripture that said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. And it says he was speaking about the Holy Spirit. So, so we know that there is a power that comes from within us but in Acts chapter two, he, he says, you, Acts chapter one, he says, you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So there's, there's an anointing that flows from within you. I want that to get stirred up in me today. And I don't even believe you can operate in that second one until you're fully operating in that first one. He keeps you holy. He keeps you hungry. He keeps you committed. He keeps you passionate. He keeps you overcoming little wimpy offenses that other people give up on. You wake up every day and he goes, hey, I, call, I, I redeemed you for this. I came from heaven to earth for this. You're born for this. You're made for this. Get over it. Move to the next level of what I've called you. Then you open yourself up for the anointing that can come upon you. Isn't it wonderful to meet people that live with an anointing that is from within them and upon them. There's, it's a distinction. That's what anointing actually is. But it says here, by the way, I love it. It says, Lord, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Somebody say, it is my faith that heals me. Come on, put your hand on your heart and say, it is my faith that heals me. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you're not getting your miracle, think about that for a second. Think about what Jesus said to this man. He said, your faith, your faith, your faith has healed you. Only faith can give you a God vision. It's not imagination. It's not creativity. It's seeing what God sees. And only faith can lead to that. You say, well, I feel a little. Well, stir it up. And you ever seen Survivor when they bang them two rocks together and they get a little spark? They say, blow on that little spark that is moving in your heart right now. And watch God ignite that thing and turn it into a flame. It's time. It's time today. This man needed vision. It says immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. That is the distinction of a true miracle. That is the distinction of getting true vision. What is it? You start doing things that you never did before because you couldn't do them before. 
You can't follow Jesus if you can't see him. And right here we see that he begins, and here's what I love about how beautiful God uses our faults. He uses our weaknesses. He uses our simplicity. He uses the things that don't even seem to stand out about us. Because listen what this says about this man. It says, he followed Jesus, praising God. So when, when he got his vision, it started changing his behaviors. He started becoming a person of praise. Praising the Lord all the time. Somebody say, praise the Lord. That, you know, you say, well, that sounds like an archaic thing. Well, it's only archaic because people quit saying it enough because they didn't think it sounded modern. Who cares if it sounds modern? We need to say praise the Lord more often. I, I think, you know, I, my, my, I have relatives who love God so much and were so used to saying praise the Lord. They would say that as a transitional phrase. They'd be overdoing one thing and they'd say, I'm gonna go get me some milk. They'd get, they'd go, praise the Lord. What time does, uh, what time does uh, Gary get home later? It's just, a, that's a bad. I want praise the Lord to become a transitional phrase for me again. I want praise to be at the core of who I am. This man had his vision restored and it says he started praising God. Listen to this. Here's the amazing part. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. He was what? That's, let me tell you something. Living your best life ain't taking a photo on a beach in the Caribbean. That's the hashtag, living my best. Let me tell you what living your best, living your best life. Living your best life is when God rocks you. It's when God transforms you from the inside out and you feel goofy. You don't even know what it means. You don't even understand the ramifications of what it's gonna look like. And all you know how to do is just be grateful and thankful for what he's done in you. And all of a sudden that turns into a testimony. You didn't even mean for it to. All this stuff about he'll turn your test into a testimony. He wasn't thinking anything like that. All he knew is I can see and it's because of Jesus. Praise the Lord and other people started watching him. He led people to Jesus through his authenticity. That's vision, y'all. That's vision. And yeah, I'm excited about rebuild, restore, and revive, which is the word that God has given us for this year. But I believe the heart of what we needed to say today is found in this story. It's found in this story about vision. And, and there's a lot of things that I want to say. You know, I, I got, I've got a lot today in me. Um, God reminded me, and I, I think I'll get into this in the next couple weeks, but God reminded me of a vision that he gave me 19 years ago. The Bible says in the last days, I'll pour it on my spirit on all flesh. Your old men will see visions and your young men will dream dreams. So I guess I was old 10 years ago because this was a vision. I was in my bed and literally my, I, I, it, it got, my eyesight got taken over. I experienced something I have never experienced in my entire life. I saw, I was standing in the middle of a desert and I saw fire coming toward me. And it, it was scary. 
looking, but I wasn't scared. It went over me. Then I saw, anybody ever seen a movie called Deep Impact? Where there's this enormous tidal wave. It's like, and like this father and this daughter are like sitting there hugging each other in the tidal wave. A, a wall of water came next. I was in the desert. And then after that, a gigantic wall that was infinite from the ground up to the sky of blood came toward me. And then, by the way, the water, I noticed that I wasn't alone at that, but that a lot of people were getting washed away in that water, but I wasn't. And neither were the people that were standing with me. Then that blood came. And then after that blood was gone, all of a sudden oil started coming up from the ground and it started overflowing uh, over my head and when the oil went away I looked around there were millions of people standing there with wearing white and it was, was people that were redeemed and I and God gave me some hints of what that means by the way I had never written the song fire back then there was a uh, I didn't even write it because of that I didn't even, I didn't even remember that when I wrote fire but he, he kind of showed me some different meanings of that for our church, for the, the progression. I wasn't the, the senior pastor at that time. Me and my wife were not. And there was some meaning to our church, the fire, the flood, the blood, and the oil. But fast forwarding, I'll tell you the last part of that, the oil represents a season of anointing. And, the, and, and, and anointing is a consecration. Here's what anointing is not. It is not the force like Star Wars, okay? It, sometimes we use that word as a noun. It, 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 it's mentioned once as a noun in the Bible, and it's mentioned dozens of times as a verb. So what it is, is it's a ceremony. It's a consecration. And what it does is it sets people apart. That means don't use this for common things anymore. Stop using this for common reasons. It's meant to be set apart and holy. So on Vision Sunday, rebuild, restore, revive. I'm excited. Um, and I'm gonna get into some of the stuff with anointing, but rebuild, you know, in Easter and into the spring, we already launched Icon Youth and middle and high school ministry launched I Icon Young Adults. We're gonna do a church-wide fast as we approach Easter. I'm gonna invite every single person stop eating Oreos and to do a fast with us during that time. I believe the presence of God is going to be greater than ever on Easter. Uh, this year, we're going to offer a physical service uh, for our community. Uh, even in these different kind of times, we're going to figure out a way to do it. In, in addition to digital options, we're going to do an I Love My City uh, in the rebuild phase uh, where it's going to be huge and it's going to be amazing. Uh, community outreach to bring practical help into our county. Uh, right after Easter's over, we're going to go into the restore phase. Uh, that's going to start this summer. We're going to do a retreat weekend that is going to be uh, for everyone, one for men and one for women. And we're going to get away into the presence of God like we have not done in a long, long time. It is going to be a set-apart, consecrated time. And that's something that we need to look forward to because I believe God is going to set people free. Uh, during this time. We're going to do a marriage conference. I'm so sick of marriages falling apart. I could spit. I'm, I'm just mad. I'm, I'm mad at the devil. I'm mad at some people too. I'll be honest with you. And I hope I don't run into some of them because I'm mad. 
Uh, but I'm mad at the devil because he's convincing people that this way is better and it's not. God's way is always better. We got to figure out a way to, to get marriages back on track. And we got a marriage conference coming up this summer. We're going to be, there are going to be opportunities for deep healing in our lives, families, relationships. We're also going to offer some classes on restoration from burnout, addiction, uh, depression, anxiety, bitterness. We're going to offer some very practical stuff this summer uh, in the restore phase. I don't want anyone in our church to be addicted to anything except for Jesus. I don't want anyone, I want everyone to know you have the opportunity at this church, no matter what you have an addiction to, Number one, it is broken right now in the name of Jesus. Right now it is broken. If you receive that, I don't even have to lay my hand on you. If you receive it right now in Jesus' name, it is broken. Come on, I, put, I join my faith with you right now that God is moving in the lives of people in this room, breaking chains of addiction right now. And when it comes to restoration, let it start right now in Jesus' name. I don't care if it's drugs, alcohol, pornography, sexual addictions, gambling, whatever it is, it's broken by the power of Jesus' name. You don't ever have to touch it again. You say, I can't do it. I know he can and he did. And then revive, and that's the fall, I'm over. But you know what, I'm the pastor, I don't care. I'll just do it if I want to. Uh, revive is the fall of 2021. We got revival Sundays. And you know what my vision is? I wanna see a full room. I wanna see this room full. That's, that's what I believe is gonna happen. I'm excited about it. Revival Sundays, we're gonna bring in some of the greatest preachers from all over the world, friends, amazing people. You know, I, we were out the other night and you say, well, I'm nervous. Okay, well, I get it. We, we, we're figuring out ways to make people feel as comfortable as possible. But did you know I went out the other night to a restaurant in, in Nona? Not just packed. I tried to go in there to use the restroom because the place I was, the restroom was full because it was packed went to a different restaurant. There was a hundred people outside. There were probably 200 people in this restaurant. You could not walk through there. So the problem isn't that people are afraid to come to church now. When you look around and there are not people in church, it's got nothing to do with the fact that they're afraid to get in a building. What it's got to do with is it's a thing called habits. Let me tell you something, going to church, part of it is a good habit. Has anybody ever started working out and you learned how to get in shape? It's hard to do that, but once you do it, it's easier to maintain it. See, and there's a lot of people who are not here right now because for years they went to church and they created a good habit of doing what the Lord wants them to do. But once the pandemic stopped, it became a good excuse not to have to get up on Sunday mornings anymore. So I believe that as we're getting to this restore phase, God is going to show us we need to create new good habits again. It's time for something new. And then finally, this is the most awesome thing to me. We're gonna start this year something called revival groups. And revival groups are gonna be small groups that are led by our elders and some of our senior team that are gonna be groups that are designed for people to learn and experience what it's like to have the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit, to receive your prayer language, to learn about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are gonna be ongoing groups where people can receive their prayer language, learn about tongues, interpretation, the prophetic gifts, all those things 
in the confines of small groups so we can be activating the prophetic in our life at City of Life Church because we're a Pentecostal. I mean, we have some deep Pentecostal roots at this church. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited about what, what God is going to do this year. So much more. I mean, I, I, I just, you know, I'm like a rookie up here. I, I had too many notes. You're not supposed to do that. Uh, there's, there's a lot I could keep, keep going into, but the, the most important thing today is uh, your vision. It's getting your vision on track. It, it's, it's making sure that we admit, I'm blind. I need to see. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.